Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and return Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to connect with me on Instagram at My Peace Corps Story and on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Do you listen to the My Peace Corps Story podcast via the Apple Podcast app or iTunes? If you do so, be sure to leave a review, like right now. Just open the app or open the iTunes and leave me a review. More than just clicking the stars, leave me a little blurb about what you think of the show. It really means a lot to me, and I love hearing where you guys listen to it, what you think of the show, and even what you would like to see in the future. While five stars are greatly appreciated, I really want to know what you think. So, Drop me a review, and then you will hear it at the beginning of a future episode. Speaking of episodes, on this episode, I talk with Adam Rhodes, who served in Jamaica from 2003 to 2007. As a volunteer, Adam worked with local communities to establish ecotourism projects. With the organization that he worked with, he would go out to villages and explore the area around the villages and see if they had a viable site to turn into a project. One such site was a mystical place deep in the jungle where seven rivers converged, or at least that's what the community said. While Adam was never able to find that site, he found a lot in Jamaica. This is this is this is this is my my peace course peace course my peace course my peace course story story story. My name is Adam Rhodes, and this is my Peace Corps story. Hello, Adam. Welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. To start off, let everybody know a little bit about you, where you served, when you served, and what you were doing as a Peace Corps volunteer. Yeah, sure. So I guess uh, right now I'm a, I am live in Lincoln, Nebraska. I've got a wife and two kids, and I've been out of Peace Corps for about 10 years now, but I... I served in Jamaica, and I my service was 2003 to 2005, and then I extended my service for another year. So I was a Peace Corps volunteer for three years in Jamaica, and then I stayed on another year on my own, but I was basically doing the same work, doing the exact same work I was as a volunteer. I just wasn't technically a volunteer anymore. So I was down in Jamaica for four years total. In Jamaica, I was a, an environment volunteer is what I my group or my sector was, and I was assigned to an organization called the Southern Trelawney Environmental Agency, or STIA, and they were based in an area of Jamaica. It's kind of right in the middle of Jamaica. It's called Cockpit Country, and it's basically the last remaining wilderness area in Jamaica, so it's a, it's a big, big forest, and it's pretty much the last forested area that Jamaica has anymore. It used to be all covered in forests and it's kind of shrunk down to this last little area here. And Stia's job was basically environmental conservation of cockpit country. It faced a lot of, and still does face a lot of outside pressures on, on the forest and the, that environmental area. The, 
people that live in and around cockpit country for a majority of them are farmers and it's very their methods of farming are very resource intensive on the forest whether that's using forest products to do their farming or clearing land for the farming so they got a big impact there and then there's mining and a lot of different other things that are kind of having impacts on this forest so the agency that i was assigned to did a lot of conservation work within cockpit country and we kind of had a two pronged approach i guess one was a lot of education where we would go into these communities and set up kind of a little town hall presentation where we would just talk to people about why this forest is unique you know it's kind of the last remaining area it's a huge watershed for places all over the island you know kind of the bigger cities and tourist cities like that a lot of water comes from cockpit country it had unique plants and animals that you can't find anywhere else in the world and so we went into these communities and just kind of talked to them about why it's important and why they should care about it and why they should conserve it and then the other thing we had to do so like i said everybody's kind of farmers we couldn't just go in there and say hey you can't farm anymore because you're hurting the forest and you're hurting the plants and animals because that's where they're the majority of people's livelihoods and incomes are coming through farming so in addition to kind of t teaching them about the forest and why it is important we had to try to find some tried to find alternative income generating opportunities is what we called it so we looked at ways that they can make money through farming we did a lot of like safe practice safe farming practices and things like that but we also tried to work with communities to find out different ways that they could make income besides using the forest resources or doing you know kind of farming and things like that and a lot of it we focused on ecotourism mm -hmm. and going into peace corps did you have a, a background in like ecology or ecotourism or agriculture uh but before yeah. you started this job yeah, a little bit. I guess, you know, grow, I grew up in an agricultural state, I guess. So, I, you know, growing up in Nebraska, you're kind of exposed to that lifestyle, which was kind of nice for me to fit into the area that I lived in down there. But I, I got my degree in from the University of Nebraska in Lincoln in natural resource and environmental economics. And I can probably say that I've never done any sort of economics type thing since I've had my degree in my job. So, but I did, it did give me a good kind of environmental and agricultural background to, to take down there with me. And all my work experience has been in the, in the environmental field for the most part. Mm -hmm. And Jamaica is a very you know, interesting country to, for me to think about, you know, serving in Peace Corps, because if you talk to most Americans, you know, about Jamaica, you know, oh, it's a, vacation destination it's you know where you go on the cruises and the resorts um so what was that like for you in that sort of uh, juxtaposition of jamaica maybe the way that the u.s sees it versus what you experienced yeah it's uh i would say you know, i didn't know a lot about jamaica before i went down there besides you know the kind of the typical it's a caribbean island vacation destination so I, I had no idea about what the rest of the island was like. Where I was stationed was, again, in that forested area. So I got stationed in a very rural, um, you know, a lot of poverty-type area, um, kind of subsistence agricultural farming and things like that, which was completely, like, you know, 180 degrees different than what your kind of typical Jamaica 
ideas or people that haven't been there before have only been down there to drive from the airport to the hotel and stay at the hotel for a few days and drive back to the airport and leave the island. So I didn't really know what I was getting into going in there, but after being down there and being in that area and seeing how much different it was, then, you know, I, Peace Corps volunteers, one of our pastimes in Jamaica, I guess, was sneaking into hotels and sneaking into resorts and, and enjoying ourselves for a few days. So we did get to see what it was like for tourists who were coming down there and see what they were experiencing and then to kind of do that where it's an all-inclusive and everything you could possibly want is right there in front of you and then going back up into the bush to live and kind of seeing how how much different and how much less people have and how much more poverty and things like that there was just you know I lived 45 minutes away from kind of the bigger resort towns or the coasts and the beaches and things like that so it was not even very far and you're in it's a completely different world and even in some of those communities that are kind of the big resorts towns where tourists go out shopping and walking around and things like that you can walk five minutes off of the kind of the the tourist streets where people do shopping and things like that and you're in a again a completely different world when you're kind of in the real Jamaica so it's a it's pretty stark contrast to see how much kind of you know money comes down there and how much money is spent on stuff like that and then to go just down the street or just up into a different community and it's a completely different world Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I, you know, always ask people is, you know, do you have one of those stories of a of a favorite memory? Uh, and do you have one that comes to mind? I know for for volunteers, it's sometimes difficult that we have tons of stories that we that we want to tell. But do you have one in particular that you would like to share? Yeah, I guess one one thing when I kind of look back at my experience and the work I did down there that I always. You know, it's probably the best. The four years that I was down there was probably the best period of my my time down there. When I worked at Stia, we got funding to do a project. I talked about how we tried to do alternative income generating opportunities for the communities that were in and around this forested area, and a lot of that was focused on ecotourism. So we got funding for about a year and a half long project to go out into these communities and see if we could identify possible ecotourism attractions. And then if they said they had something, we would go out and kind of explore it and see if it was a viable kind of ecotourism opportunity where maybe tourists would actually come down there and go to their community and see this attraction. And then if we felt it was a viable opportunity, we would work with that community to try to help them develop it and start getting tourists down there. We actually, through that um, nonprofit organization that I was working for, we had a actually had a licensed tourism company. So we would try to get tourists to come down into cockpit country and into these communities. But that project, that kind of year that we were out there doing that was basically we would every couple of weeks or so we would take a weekend and we would load up in the pickup and drive out into these communities and they would say they had a cave or they had a river or a picnic spot or a hiking trail or something like that that kind of showcase the forest and showcase their community. And we would go out to these communities and have no idea what to expect. And we would spend the day crawling through caves or wading through rivers or 
checking out picnic spots or hiking out into the middle of who knows where in the forest and just trying to see if these uh, ecotourism attractions were anything that were worthwhile that we could work with them to develop for their community. Um, so that whole project was just an awesome experience. We would usually, we would go out and do these kind of inspections and check out these sites and we would usually end up the day just hanging out in that community with some of the people that we were going to be working with and do a bush cook which is kind of you know an outdoor picnic where you cook all your food right there so you end the day after you go exploring in the wilderness you end your day with a bush cook of delicious jamaican food and probably a couple bottles of rum and maybe some red stripe or something like that and just kind of experience that community and that culture and see if it was some a place we could work with but we did you know we went to some caves where it was like a two-foot hole that was absolutely nothing and we could you couldn't do anything with to huge caves that nobody knew about and you know full of bats and all kinds of awesome cave features and stuff like that um one that really stuck out to me is we went to a community that said they had this place called the seven rivers and it was supposed to be somewhere out in the forest and they made it seem like it was this kind of mythical magical place that was hard to get to and not very many people knew where it was at and all these things like that but it was supposedly a place where seven rivers out in the forest came together into one spot so we were like well that sounds like a something to investigate so we went to this community and we got our guides local guides that were going to take us out there and we spent the entire day uh, cockpit country is like up and down, up and down. It looks like the if you turn an egg carton upside down, that's kind of what the terrain looks like. So we spent the entire day hiking up and down, up and down, up and down these hills, these rocky hills, and looking for the seven rivers. I don't think for that entire day we ever found one river anywhere. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a time when I almost got lost like I turned around and nobody was there and luckily I heard somebody calling my name so I almost got lost out in the forest um we get back to the community and one big memory I have of that is sitting outside of a shop with ticks all over my legs using a bottle of Jamaican rum which is some pretty potent stuff to douse the ticks to try to get them to come out of my legs so it was a a lot of stuff like that where you just never know what you're going to get into. But again, at the end of the day, you sit down with those community members out in this rural bush Jamaica and you have a nice meal and you have a couple drinks and maybe you can work with them again to help them kind of develop their community. So that kind of whole project is probably my one of my favorite experiences of being down there. What an experience you had the opportunity to see Jamaica like like no one else. Like the, yeah, yes, like, for sure. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I can buy a plane ticket and go down there, but to experience it like you were able to, that's just absolutely amazing. Now, Peace Corps is is difficult. Um, it's not always exploring caves and searching for seven rivers, but it, it has these times where it are, are very trying on you as a volunteer. What were some of those times uh, in Jamaica for you? Yeah, and I would I would just say too, um, I had like my experience was awesome. Obviously, I extended my service for a year, and I stayed down there for another year by myself. So, I loved being down there. When I came home, I wasn't planning on coming home at that time, and I wasn't really ready to come home. It just kind of that's how things worked out after those four years. So my my experience was amazing. I loved almost everything about it, but at the same time, there were you know, people that were in my group, people that I'm still really good friends with that 
hated every second of being in Jamaica and they didn't even stay for their whole term of service just because it can be a, a difficult place to, to be. But the one thing, like when I kind of look back and say, what didn't you like about it? The one thing that always bothers me and is probably a pretty typical Peace Corps thing um, is people think you're the rich American. So as always asking for money and things like that. In my community, people weren't like that because they knew me and knew what I was doing. But other places, you're the rich American, you know, the rich white boy that has some money. So always people asking for money or thinking you can do something for them that you can't. So so there's that. And then the other thing that was kind of funny at the same time, but kind of got on my nerves is even though you're a Peace Corps volunteer and you're down there to help people and try to, you know, do your Peace Corps three goals and help the community and learn about their culture and all that good stuff. There were always people that thought you were like out to get them for some reason. And one thing in Jamaica that was big is that they thought that we were probably somehow associated with the CIA or the FBI or something like that. And that we were trying to get them for some reason. And I remember there was these one kind of group of people in the community next to mine. So I would go out running every morning, uh, just kind of right when the sun came up, I'd go out for a jog and it was awesome because nobody else was out. So I could kind of go out in my community and just be by myself and have some clear thoughts and a little bit of privacy and stuff like that. Cause people weren't really out and about yet. So I'd go out running every morning and I'd run all different places and all different directions. And I would go through this one community a lot and one of my good friends down there told me one day that they were over at this kind of where this group of guys hung out at this one shop. And they, she told me that they were saying that they were thought I was a CIA. I don't think they were the best guys. You know, I'd put that out there too, but they thought I was CIA and I was going to get them sometime. And I had this little MP3 player that I would listen to music when I was running and they were saying that that was probably some sort of listening device that I was using to track them and keep track of them and that someday when I was out running I, they were going to get me or whatever that meant but they were going to take care of me while I was out running in the morning by myself and I never really took it seriously or stopped running or anything like that but I did always kind of look over my shoulder so there are just a lot of things like that where people think you're not who you're, you say you are, and they're not really behind what you're trying to do down there. And that was all, always kind of frustrating. But overall, my experience was uh, very awesome. Mm -hmm. And then what were some of those things that uh, you enjoyed about Peace Corps, the things that you miss now being back in the United States? Yeah, I, you know, I, my job, the kind of hear from the description I really enjoyed and it was a really awesome place to work. I love being down there. I love kind of the, just the culture and everything about Jamaica. I've actually been down several times since I left Peace Corps, but probably the biggest thing for me that I really miss was just some of the, my people, I guess, and some of the relationships that I, I developed while I was down there. And I still have a group of people that I keep in touch with my kind of colleagues or coworkers. I keep in touch with on a regular basis and still do some projects with them every now and then in my community, the community I lived in, I was, I was fortunate because they had Peace Corps volunteers in their community before, and they knew what we were down there for and what we were doing. So that helped out a lot. But my community that I lived in, 
from the first day I was down there, they always looked out for me. They always took care of me, you know, as a stranger and had no idea what I was doing down there. And there were people in my community that always were behind me and had my back and made sure I was safe and made sure I had what I needed and all that good stuff. So the people that I, the relationships I developed down there are probably the thing I miss the most. There's a couple boys that were lived in my community and they were, you know, kind of really not the best off, didn't have a lot of money and didn't have a lot of anything pretty much. And I pretty much adopted them while I was down there. I, when I went down there, they were seven years old and nine years old. And the first day that I remember the first day I moved into my site and moved into my house, they came over and they were just these little boys running wild in my house. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. They were going through all of my stuff and I had some candy that somebody sent me from home and they were eating my candy and messing up all my stuff. And I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't get him out of my house, anything like that. And that's one memory that I always have of those two boys. And I, from that day on, they were at my house all the time and it kind of helped me out and helped me through my community. And since I've left Jamaica, I still keep in touch with both of them. We actually went down in October of this last year, my wife and I went down for a visit and they're both in their early 20s now, I think, or right around there. And they both have two little girls of their own. So kind of my little Jamaican grandbabies, I guess. But I still keep in touch with those boys and try to help them out as much as I can, even though I'm back up here in the States. So that is probably the biggest thing when I look back is kind of the relationships that I developed and still have to this day. And I can still go back to my community and feel welcome and see everybody and all that good stuff, which is really great. Mm-hmm. And you, you do continue to go back to your community and you almost really never stop serving them because once you came back, uh, you founded a, a nonprofit uh, to sort of continue the, to work with Jamaica. Tell us a little bit about Mystic Roads Productions and, and what you started after Peace Corps. The cool thing about Peace Corps Jamaica, and I don't know if it was like this everywhere else, but so we were assigned a site. So, you know, I was assigned to STIA to do the environmental conservation work, but we were also encouraged to take on secondary projects uh, to do, you know, the most good we could do in our communities, I guess. And there was another Peace Corps volunteer that lived up on the coast that wasn't too far from me that we I was really good friends with. And we spent a lot of time together and we decided we wanted to start doing some other projects and programs in our communities. And the first thing we ever did was a beach volleyball fundraiser up on the coast. And it was really successful. And we made a little chunk of change that we were able to give back to a community organization down there. And we just decided in addition to our what we were assigned to do, we wanted to keep doing stuff like that. And we were, you know, crazy Peace Corps volunteers. So we decided we were gonna start our own organization called and we called it Mystic Roads Productions or MRP and actually started doing those little projects like that, what we could to help the Jamaican communities we were living in at the time through our, our organization. And when we moved back to the States, we decided we wanted to try and keep that going. So we've now, um, I kind of, I'm the person that does most of it now, but we have created MRP into a register. We're like a 501c3 charitable organization here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so we do a lot of work in our 
community here in Lincoln. We do after school programs and we help feed kids on the weekends that don't always have access to food and different community programs like that here. But we also try to stay in touch with Jamaica and do some different things down in Jamaica. I've actually taken, it's been several years now, but I've taken three groups of volunteers down to Jamaica for like kind of a volunteer vacation to do a community project down there which we also we always partnered with a Peace Corps volunteer that was on the ground at that time to help them with something they needed in their community. So we started that organization in Jamaica, brought it back here, turned it into an actual charitable organization. We are doing stuff in Lincoln, and we still always try to get back to Jamaica and do what we can. The big thing we're working on right now is trying to work with a, we're working with a high school in the community that I served in. The, to upgrade their computer lab, they have very old, outdated computer lab. They're, you know, they have a, some computers that are still have the only computers they have there still have like the three and a half inch floppy drives and stuff like that. So we're trying to work with them to get equipment to refurbish their computer lab at the high school. There, big project. You know, it's twenty, thirty thousand dollars that we're trying to raise to make this happen, but. Even though we're back in the States and we've been back here for several years and do a lot, most of our work here in the Lincoln community, we still try to keep in touch with Jamaica as much as possible and try to help out those communities that we started out in. Mm -hmm. And not only are you uh, working with Mystic Roads Productions, uh, you're very active uh, with the Friends of Jamaica group as well. Uh, What's your role with them? Yeah, so Friends of Jamaica is a organization that was actually started by some volunteers that were in my group or they were down there on the same time at the same time frame that I was down in Jamaica they came back and started this organization called Friends of Jamaica and basically what Friends of Jamaica does is just try just basically uh, small scale community development projects in Jamaica so I serve on the board for that organization and we Typically, not it's not you don't we don't have to, and we don't always, but typically we work with Peace Corps volunteers that are down there right now to fund projects that they're doing. We've done things like school gardens and kind of bigger supporting bigger agricultural projects, helping education projects and different things like that. So I'm on the board of Friends of Jamaica, which is a affiliate of the National Peace Corps Association, and we are pretty active in working with Peace Corps volunteers down there and kind of continuing. And a lot of our board, almost all of our board is made up of former Peace Corps volunteers and some, uh, some Jamaicans. And we're always seeing what we can do to, we have a grant program that's always open that we can fund projects to do, continue doing community development work in Jamaica. And Adam, uh, as I was uh, looking at uh, MRP online, your guys' website, uh, you're you're selling a few products. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about those, like where they're sourced from, uh, how that came about, where the money goes, uh, just to, to let the listeners know uh, a little bit more detail about what you're doing with MRP. Yeah, so we have uh, two kind of product lines we call we call them that we we sell these products and then all the profits and all the proceeds that we make from these these sales go back to our community programs so it's all funding different charitable causes and the reason why we're doing this we actually started all these products 
in Jamaica and brought them back to the United States and developed them. So when MRP was just getting going down there in Jamaica and we were doing some of those small scale community projects, we act, we also started kind of messing around with these products down there and then brought them back and really developed them here. But we have a, a spicy food line. So Jamaica, kind of a lot of their foods got a lot of little spice to it. Um, so we developed a hot sauce that is kind of Jamaican inspired and uses Jamaica, different Jamaican seasonings and things like that, that they would traditionally cook with down there and created a hot sauce out of it. And we started making that when I was a Peace Corps volunteer down there in Jamaica and then brought that back to the States and really developed it into a pro- uh, hot sauce product that's Jamaican inspired, raises money for our community programs. We've got it in the grocery stores here in Lincoln and then on our, on our website and different things like that, obviously. So we have those kind of spicy fruit food products that we started in Jamaica and brought back here. And we also have a game called Baldorf, which is kind of funny because if you think about a lot of Peace Corps volunteers probably have a lot of downtime when we're during their service where they're just kind of bored or, you know, they're out in the bush and don't have a lot of things to do and places to go and things like that. So me and the volunteer that started MRP with us, we started playing this game that we made up called Baldorf. And we just played it whenever we were hanging out and didn't really have anything to do and started playing with other Peace Corps volunteers. And it turned into this thing where we were playing Baldorf all over the place and we kind of created the rules and the structure for this game. And when we came back to the States, we turned them into an actual game that you can play anywhere. You can buy it on our website. We've got it for sale in some other places as well, but we sell these game sets and all the money goes back to our community programs again. And we also use it as kind of a way to, for our, the stuff we do in the community. One of the big things we try to do is get kids to be active and healthy and put down the screens for a little while and things like that. So one thing we do is use Baldorf to kind of reach out to kids. We actually have a Baldorf after school club that we're doing right now where we're teaching kids how to play the game. And we actually talk a little bit about how it was started in Jamaica and what it's like to live in Jamaica and compare Jamaica to Nebraska and different things like that. So yeah, we have these besides just kind of doing the normal charitable stuff where we're asking for donations and writing grants and different things like that. We actually are trying to be self-sustainable where we can sell these products, raise money for our programs, do good things in the community and and also kind of help spread Jamaican culture with the, the food products and different things like that. Awesome. Well, I'm a big fan of hot sauce, so I might have to pick up uh, a bottle because uh, I'm always looking for a, a new hot sauce. And for me, the hotter, the better. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get a bottle. Uh, I'm looking at it right now on uh, mysticroads.org. So if anybody else All is right. a big hot sauce fan, uh, you know, maybe this is the next one for you to try out. That People tell me it's delicious, so you have to let me know what you think. All right. Definitely. Well, before we close out the show, uh, is there, you know, any last words of advice, encouragement, anecdote stories that you want to share with the listeners of the My Peace Corps Story podcast? Maybe it's something that you learned, a big takeaway, or just an overall message from your service in Jamaica. Yeah, just if anybody that's, you know, considering going into Peace Corps that's listening to this, I would, I always highly encourage people to, to just go for it. It was obviously a huge experience for me. It kind of 
set out, turned, you know, ended up setting out what I'm doing with myself right now with our nonprofit uh, and our kind of different charitable activities here in Nebraska. So I was kind of those, one of those people you always, I always seem like I used to hear when you hear about Peace Corps, it was this, or you talk to other people that served in Peace Corps, it was one of those things where it was something they always wanted to do, or it was always kind of an aspiration for them to do Peace Corps and be a volunteer. And myself, I was, I hadn't really even heard of it much before until my final year in college. I was at a job fair and I was looking at different potential job opportunities and there was a Peace Corps recruiter there. And that was really the first time just kind of that random seeing that booth at a job fair that I ever even thought about Peace Corps. And I decided to go ahead and apply for it. It took me for various reasons. It took me two years from when I applied to actually get down to Jamaica and it was just kind of random happenstance for me that I did it. And it obviously has had a big impact on my life and a very positive impact. So if you're thinking about it, I always suggest do it. Adam, thank you very much for, for coming on the My Peace Corps Story podcast and taking the opportunity to let us know a little bit about the, the work you're doing uh, now, the work that you did as a volunteer. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you. All right. Thank you, Tyler. And there you have it. Another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you receive a new episode every single week when I release them. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours? <laughs>